uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach, a subsidiary of Lauren Lamoney Coaching, LLC. If you'd like more information about business coaching or how to get the passion back in your profession, go to laurenlamoney.com or thespitfirecoach.com. Hey guys, it's your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. I'm coming to you every week, bringing you stories of creative entrepreneurs, passionate professionals, and their journey along the way. I would love it if you could give us a review on iTunes, well, Apple Podcasts, or however you listen to podcasts. Head on over to spitfirepodcast.com. Subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your Uber driver, tell anyone that matters, and you keep being awesome. We're ready. Oh, Murray is ready for this. It's another awesome episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Woo! We have a furry friend joining us today, and he doesn't realize that this podcast is not about him. He thinks everything's about him. This is true. So we have Murray, the uh, Wonder Rescue Pet. Yeah, this is Murray Silverman, Murray Silverman. And he is a uh, Border Jack. And you'll have to go to the website or Instagram to see his picture because he's darn cute. We're, we're going to put it in the show notes. And that was the voice of our guest today, Deborah Alfron, <laughs> <laughs> who was who's a journalist, news anchor, storyteller, voice of the masses of the underserved. And yes, is that good? That was great. Awesome. I couldn't even put that better. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I feel like I just do my hand and I'm like, this is Deborah Alfron. I know. This is, I, want, I want you to inter- introduce me everywhere I go. Done. You've heard it. It's happening. It's Boom. locked in. <laughs> I'm going to take that little sound clip and boom, play boom. it everywhere I go. We are, we are sitting here. We're going to have some tea, but I wanted to talk to you because you've had an amazing story. You've done a TEDx talk. You've talked about this, Thank but you. I want to know what you're up to, mm-hmm. what you've done, what you're planning on doing and how you spit your fire. Wow. Okay. So most people know me as a journalist. I am the weekend evening anchor at WUSA 9, which is the CBS station in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, if you will. Um, And it's a great job. I get to meet wonderful people. I get to anchor the show and usher in the news to people in their homes. Love what I do. Uh, And during the week, I report stories and I always gravitate towards stories that of people whose voices need to be amplified. So that's kind of just my thing. I mean, hard news. I've been a hard news reporter. I've done a lot of hard news in my life. But for whatever reason, I'm just in this stage of my life where I'm just people, hey, the stories come to me. So that's what I do. Well, we're going to talk about the reason because I think you know the reason. Uh, I'm well, a kind of a story whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> do the whis- Do the whispers come from others or do you whisper for the stories? I think you have to be open. You have to be open. And everywhere you go, you keep your eyes open. I once, someone told me once that she never goes to a story without leaving with another story, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. You know, when when you're reporting a story, you kind of look for the next story while you're there too. But I think now I've been here for a couple of years and people have seen some of the more high profile stories I've done. So then they just gravitate back to me. Like, for example, I did this story years ago, uh, a young man named Ethan Saylor. He died at the hands of Frederick County sh- uh, deputies, I'm sorry, sheriff's deputies, uh, who were working in a movie theater. He had Down syndrome. He's 26 years old. He didn't have a movie ticket. And there was some kind of altercation and some kind of fall, and um, Ethan passed away. And as a result of that altercation. And I told that story, it wasn't being told. 
I told it a, a lot. I kept f- coming back to it. I became friendly with the family. They trusted me. And because of that, you know, a couple of years ago, I keep hearing from people in the Down Syndrome Society who, oh, well, she can tell our story. So I hear from people all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I heard from this family who's local who wanted to show what their son could do. He works in this awesome chocolate factory in Virginia and they invited me in to show the story of what he could do because a lot of times people are focusing on what people with intellectual disabilities can't do. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example. These stories just the people just keep coming back when they know that someone has some sensitivity um, and some sympathy uh, to be able to tell their story. Yeah I mean it, it sounds like you almost get this nagging feeling when when you hear a topic or you meet somebody Got to tell your story. Got to tell, tell your story. story. Is that what is that the message that you hear in your ear when you meet people? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then what happens is I have awesome friends like you who say, you know what? I know you did this story about uh, domestic violence. Well, guess what? I know this person who's trying to fight domestic violence. You should meet her. And then she asks you to MC her event. Uh, so that's actually <laughs> coming up. Uh, but, you know, these things happen where you meet people and someone knows a person who knows another person who wants, hey, you should tell this story. So I just kind of go where it takes me. Yeah. So you become, I hate this term, but you become the mouthpiece yeah. to, to the voiceless or to the, the whispers. Because it almost sounds like when, you, when you're disenfranchised or when you don't feel powerful enough to tell your story that really all you need is someone just to hear you. It's so important to listen. And I like to say that I amplify voices. I amplify the voices that are out there. Yeah, we don't hear from victims in uh, like domestic violence situations you don't hear from it mm-hmm. and they end up being just stories on the news like a quick you know 20 second story on the news but everybody has a story yeah I grew up in New York where man that place I would look up there's a million windows in a big huge building and it always was impressed upon me that every behind every window there's a story mm-hmm. and so I just been trying to tell all the stories where did this storytelling fire come from um, as a kid, I was pretty talkative. Um, my mom might say I was annoying. Um, there was, <laughs> there was one long distance car trip where they were like, here, just give her a yoo-hoo and shut her up. Like, cause I would not stop talking. So I'd like so to give talk. her sugar, give her sugar. <laughs> it wasn't a great plan. I'm not saying it was a good one, but, um, yeah, it was like, here, let's just give her something to eat. So she stops talking. But yeah, I just always saw things and wanted to talk about them. Look at this, look at that. I was just a, a curious child. Mm-hmm. So storytelling, talkative, how did it then transform into wanting to tell other people's stories? You know, my story itself is interesting in that it's not what I tried to do when I got out of school. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't know that I could do these things. And I ended up working on Wall Street where there was not a lot of storytelling going on. It was mm-hmm. you know, not that kind of job. But... I got an opportunity to do that later on um, after 9-11 and decided this is what I wanted to do. And I worked my way up from the bottom, really, um, to become a reporter. And it was a long, long journey. But it was just something that I really needed to do. I I just, I don't know, it just, it had to be done. Mm -hmm. I I had to use, I always think you're happiest when you use your best skills. And uh, counting money wasn't one of my best skills. (laughs) (laughs) good to know (laughs) yeah yeah so so you you come from New York you're now in DC um 
how do you th- this popped in so you have like 20 30 seconds you know in in the newsroom or you know on, on camera to tell a story how do you balance that immediacy the concentration with being able to tell an effective story it all comes down to the selection of the perfect word the perfect so, word the perfect word i know it sounds like that old snl skit the perfect cheer <laughs> You remember that? Mm-hmm. But it is all about the perfect word. Because you could say, I ran very fast. Or you could say, I sprinted. Mm-hmm. And those so- selections or collections of words make you think differently. Yeah. Oh, I, I know what a sprint looks like. I know it. I ran very fast. Like, that's just a little bit more clumsy. So mm-hmm. it's all about picking the right word. And and people don't even understand when they watch the news the care that goes into that. So I'm always happy to tell them because I know it so well. I will never call a fire an inferno. I will never call it a blaze mm-hmm. because we don't talk that way. It's a fire. It's a three alarm fire. We know what that is. We know you know what a fire is. Fire shooting through the roof mm-hmm. i'm not going to call it an inferno because that actually has its own specific explanation and description right so you got to pick the right word and that goes for conversation right mm-hmm. you, you know you're talking to someone and you want to explain where you've been or what you're doing you got to pick the right word to really explain it so it, it's not happenstance that things get written the way they do i make sure that i always select the right word i was talking to a friend who said oh dating is torture and I thought, torture? That's a really... That's a strong word. That's a strong word. Maybe it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's exciting. Maybe it's a roller coaster. But torture. Wow. Uh, so I think that the words we use really have weight. That You know, it's so interesting because I, I make a lot of connections when I coach about the language and the words that we choose. Um, so we talk about range of engagement of like can't, need to, have to, want to, and how you talk about things either gets you excited or it makes you feel like a chore or it feels like torture. And so it's so interesting that you set the stage in those 20 to 30 second sound bites to get the message and the intention behind it, but how people aren't consciously selecting their language in everyday life and what would happen if they dialed into that to get more control, more power, more enthusiasm, more motivation in their life. And more results. More results. You hit the nail on the head. It's all about power over your words and over your life because your words do create your life Mm -hmm. it's so important yeah so going back to those stories you're telling when you're talking with people what are some themes or words that you hear them talk about themselves with huh that's a good question i remember interviewing drea greenwich she is a woman who unfortunately made headlines due to a terrible terrible story here in the dc area she's pregnant and she is set on fire uh, by allegedly by her ex-boyfriend and i interviewed her recently and she opened up and talked to me and it wasn't easy the interview wasn't easy getting to know her wasn't you just walk on in and talk to her um as you can imagine someone who's been through such incredible trauma and almost died um the baby ended up living. She has burned more than 70% of her body. I mean, just to talk to her, the words she used, it was really impressive to hear her um, talk about how she was saved. She used words like saved. You know, God saved me. I asked him to save me and I was saved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful for my daughter. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you could look at that situation and think, this is, you made headlines. You know, your, your pictures in the news, um, this terrible trauma of being set on fire. Mm-hmm. She just was grateful and saved. And those were two words that I remember her using that really stood out to me. So it's all using the words to really accurately um, convey mm-hmm. how you feel about life. Yeah. And I was really touched by that. And of course, after an interview like that, I think about the things that I complain about on a daily basis. And I think that ain't nothing. Yeah. But almost, it's almost like the, the words that she chose were her intention on how she wanted to live. If she were saved, then it meant that she was here for a purpose and she should be grateful for it. And she had so much to be grateful for because life is precious. And she was very happy to tell me her story because she wanted to save another person. That's another word she used saved in two different ways. Mm -hmm. But she was saved and she wanted to use this opportunity to, if she could save one other person, Mm -hmm. then her job is done. That's a direct quote. Yeah. It's amazing. So it sounds like through this really just catastrophic and crazy, like traumatic event, you can either become the victim to it and be angry and and withdraw or you can use it as your platform so it can either block you or it can lift you up to the next level yeah and you know there's not a day that goes by that i'm not it's just i can't believe that my job is to be invited into people's homes and lives to hear you know their either their toughest battle or their best day mm-hmm. because that's what news is right I mean, either you've won an amazing award and we want to hear about you, or you've won something in the Olympics and we want to hear about you, or you've been through just this terrible trauma and you want to get the word out. Someone's yeah. passed away in your life and you want to talk about them. I mean, that's what news is, is these things that, uh, you know, are, are out of the ordinary. So, and not a day goes by that I don't think, wow, I'm a witness to history here and I'm getting to hear these people's stories, but what, how fortunate I am to be able to hear them because it shapes my life every day. Yeah. You, don't, you don't walk into someone's house, hear that's kind of a story, and not walk out changed. Yeah. So you're taking on a lot of emotional baggage. These are not lighthearted, you know, they're not amazing stories about Murray all the time. And, and you know, sometimes, if sometimes I can. they're cute. <laughs> but how do you manage the, the emotional weight that you're taking on from other people to, in order to do your job? Not well. Uh, there are times when it's not, I can't do it well. Mm-hmm. And there's times when I need to take time off. Self-care is very important. Um, I work out because I have to. If I take care of my body, it takes care of my mind. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Uh, I have a dog, Murray, as you know, and he's a great comfort to me. But I also know that I'm very blessed to be able to give these people a voice. And I just need to be grateful. I just need to be grateful for for the platform that I have to help other people. Yeah. So outside of the newsroom, you're doing tons of other charity work. You know, you're emceeing these events. You're talking to, you know, people who were in prison and are restarting their lives. What drives you? I mean, you're you're killing it and spending so much time in the newsroom. How do you find the energy and the time to do all these other projects? So I get asked to give inspirational talks based on my TEDx talk Mm -hmm. that I did and I get asked all the time and I just always say yes. Now, mind you, I'm busy. I don't always want to say yes, but I know that if I say yes, I'll go because I never cancel on something. And if I go, it'll be worth it. I know that 100%. I say I never say no to any of these talks because every time, no matter how tired I am or I am giving up a night with a fam- family, 
I know that it's worth it. It touches someone else and then in turn that touches me. And again, then I feel grateful and it keeps just filling and filling and filling, you know, it just keeps fulfilling. Mm -hmm. So I do it even though every time I'm like, oh, geez, that's going to be a tough night. I'm not going to get a lot of sleep that night. I always say yes. And I'm always happy. They're so happy when I come to visit Nick's place, which is a recovery center, um, a recovery home rather, in Maryland uh, for young men in their 20s who are struggling with addiction. And they're always so happy to see me because I give them real talk and they give me real talk back. And it's a beautiful thing when people are vulnerable and can talk about their deepest, darkest emotions and, and secrets. And I do that to them and they do that back to me. And it's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. When I go and give a talk at, let's say, Dreams for Kids, um, I did that recently. And it's a great nonprofit run by a friend of mine, Glenda Fu. She helps kids with intellectual and physical disabilities. When I go there, they fill up my pot. Mm-hmm. I feel thrilled when I leave because maybe, just maybe, my talk about not letting labels and stories define you resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And when someone who has an intellectual disability says, I can do anything I set my mind to because I told them that I got over this, that, and the other thing, that makes me thrilled that I was able to affect that in someone. Mm -hmm. So what label are you carrying around? Um, I'm hoping that the goal is to be an inspirational leader and an amplifier of voices. Oh, I love that. Thanks. That's good. You know, I was sitting here thinking, man, I better have a good one because she's going to she's going <laughs> to keep me honest here. I know you, Lauren. You know, you know I know you. You know I me. I know. I know. So I <laughs> glad that one was okay with you. No, we're, we're good. <laughs> Two thumbs up except I'm holding a mic, so you get one, one thumb up. up. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, what's next for you? What's what's on the horizon? I want to keep doing more of what I'm doing. So, hey, if you have any good stories, send them my way. And I am working on a book about the power of story in your life. So in our lives, there's things that happen to us. So there's whatever has happened to us and there's what we got from it. Mm -hmm. And if we take that what we got from it, not being worthy, our voice not being heard, Uh, We're not like other people. There's something wrong with us. All of that, if we take that into the rest of our life, which is what we do sometimes, and by sometimes, I mean uh, all the time. time. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to affect and color every experience we have. So then we walk into work and we think they're not going to listen to me. These people don't like me. I'm not like them. Oh, I'm not part of the in crowd. And we then fulfill upon that. And then we're never going to be listened to. We're never going to be part Mm -hmm. of the quote unquote in crowd. We're never going to be a leader because we are stuck thinking small. We're stuck in a story. So this book, hopefully, uh, will be a collection of my story and other people's stories who have demonstrated and overcome this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call you on it. Yeah. When can we expect it? Oh, damn you, Lauren. Damn you. It's going You're on a recording. You're going to have to talk to my agent, Murray. Murray? Tomorrow, he says. Murray, we have a lot of work to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this will be done by April. Okay. Now, I don't know what happens after that. So, again, if there's any publishers out there, let me know. I'm putting out the call. The call in all publishers. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And if people want you to MC speak at their event? Yeah, hit my website up. It's DebraAlferone.com. You can see my TEDx talk there. You can also follow me on all platforms of social media. I offer a lot of inspirational messages there, which you never know. Might hit you when you need it. I always like to hear that. It might um, hit you when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> smack you in the face. Might smack you upside <laughs> the head. You never know. I want to know what color your story is. For some reason, my story... Um, when you said that, I thought red right away. Mm-hmm. But probably because we were talking about smacking people upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a serene blue or a calming seafoam green, but it's probably red. What about you is like, um... <laughs> That's something I aspire to. I aspire to that. That's cute. <laughs> the yoga is, meditation. No, no, to get we there. do yoga and meditation so we don't lose our shit all the time. Bingo. Yes. Because <laughs> you and I are... We are soul sisters. We're both type A, get it done, in your face. In your face. And we need our yoga. We do need our (laughs) yoga. Or we will spit in your face. That's right. I'm sorry about that, people. It's okay. Well, this this is what I'm talking about in my book of like the dialing up of the fire of when is it good to just like full on flame it out blaze or when do you need to dial it back? Right. Yeah. And I think you, if you're a person with some empathy towards others, you can, you can see when people need you to be quiet mm-hmm. and just listen just listen yeah and you you also can tell when maybe you call someone out on something and you say so did you really want to be small yeah and that can really light, light a fire under someone or they can think about something in a different way yeah so what does being a spitfire mean to you wow i think it means energy Tapping into that energy that we all have. But we all have it in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. So you have it in lighting a fire under people's butts to get their their businesses and their messages across, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine is their story. So being a spitfire about it is, I ain't going to give up. I'm going to keep calling you. I'm going to keep calling whoever it is that needs to be held accountable in a story, whether that be the police department or the fire department or, you know, some city council member. You got to be a bulldog for truth you're a relentless accountability officer there whoa i like these labels these are good i'm a relentless i love that you said bulldog and my bulldog is so lazy that he would be the worst at accountability he'd be like okay just scratch my butt i'm good i know and look at murray right now he's totally sacked out in his bed oh our dogs we love them so we absolutely do they're awesome they are awesome so what is your your superpower my superpower is Zumba. Zumba. I'm a Zumba freak. I love my Zumba. <laughs> Have yeah. you listened to the How I Built This About Zumba, the podcast? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. Really? This guy is amazing. He didn't speak English, and he had to learn English in order to get his sh- his videos online because they wanted him to instruct these video classes. So he was teaching himself English with his business partner in order to get this off the ground. Wow. But he came with nothing from That's Brazil. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. a great story. I will check that out. I, I love to work out. It really helps me to release endorphins and get some anxiety and stress out. So I love Zumba. You can just dance. Have a good time. I go to the same class every week. I love it. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake your booty. And what is your kryptonite? Chocolate. Chocolate's your kryptonite. <laughs> Chocolate. Yeah. 
What is there a specific kind of chocolate? Oh yeah, here I'll show you. Hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. on, hold on to that. She's going into the fridge, so it's refrigerated chocolate in a bar form. Oh, this is fancy chocolate. This is the Lint Excellence, a touch of sea salt, dark. Mm-hmm. It looks fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. No, it, I got this at CVS earlier today, and Rory <laughs> seems to want some. Even yeah, dogs cannot have stuff. chocolate. No, dude, you can't have any chocolate. Do you have anything to say? Finally. Closing remarks from Murray. He's got nothing to say. That means that we have covered it all. Murray. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for your time and your busy schedule and for spitting your truth to our spitfires out there. I'd spit with you anytime. Spit it out, girl. Spit it out, and maybe people. And maybe you will see some events with the two of us. I think you should. Co-spitting some fire. I think so. Well, I know you spit rhymes, so. <laughs> I, I am rapping on one of the future episodes. I'm looking forward to it's it. Happening. Can I be a guest star on that one? Not even to say anything, just to hang out. Just to hang out. I'll hold the mic. <laughs> just you drop the I'll mic. I'll drop the I'll mic. You it. pick it up. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, I will have uh, it's DebraAlfron.com. We'll yes. have her website and all of her Instagram handles in the show notes. Check her out. She is awesome. Get her speaking at your events and look out for her book because it's coming. She said so. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Spitfire Podcast. If you haven't already, go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, and subscribe to the Spitfire Podcast. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. And keep checking back every week for awesome episodes of creative entrepreneurs and passionate professionals. And don't forget, keep being awesome.